1,000 1,000 Song. Song. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Mr. Nayron, and it is episode 42, Song Battle 41. And this is, on this show, we will rank our 200th song. Um, we're not going to be a, we're not going to do a big deal. We're not going to have like, you know, streamers or party favors or anything like that. Um, don't have the budget for one thing. And it really, you know, it's in a thousand song, you know, list. It's really about the 250th, 500th, 750, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, if we do it every hundred, 200, you know, it just gets a little, a little much. So, um, so that's, we're, we're, we're going to, but we are going to do something in celebration. I'll let you know at the end, you know, when we get to the verdict. But before we move on, I would like to thank everybody for listening, sharing, following, and rating the show. Five stars. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please do. Okay. You know, there's no deadline or anything. You're not going to lose points if you turn it in late. Um, but, you know, you know, go ahead and do that. Uh, so got a lot of a lot of you following haven't rated the show yet, and uh, it's kind of fun, you know, to click on that little rating thing, and the little the little empty stars come up, and you get to click on the last one on the right because that's what makes it five stars, and you get to see it filled in, and it's you know it's kind of satisfying actually if you're if you're in need of satisfaction, okay, and if you know anyone who's you know, just desperate for song battles and music trivia and uh, lyrical analysis, really classy lyrical analysis, uh, tell them about the show and, uh, you know, send them to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Uh, there's a, there's some, somewhere for everyone to listen to the show. All right. I appreciate that. Uh Episode 15 is still our explainer, and uh, and if you want to see the list, they're on top1000radio.blogspot.com, both the challengers list and the list itself as it's in progress, and well, I would like to see you guys making lists, all right? Uh, in the, the uh, uh, Spotify, I don't know if the other ones have this, but you can, um, you can put comments there, so... Tell me how you would have ranked these five songs. You know, I'll put a little question on there. Uh, I'll put the question literally, how would you have ranked these five songs on there? Okay. And you give me your, uh, your, you know, your, your opinion. Like to see it. Okay. Um, all right. So before we get to the song notes, uh, I do have a movie review. Okay. And it's a movie I just finished watching called Electric Jesus. Electric Jesus takes place in the summer of 1986 and follows the fictional band 316 as it goes on tour playing churches, youth camps, and skating rinks, trying to be just like their Christian metal idol Striper. It's narrated by the sound guy who in one scene basically names every Christian band that existed at the time. Very funny if you were part of that culture. Not sure how it played for those who weren't. But the movie seems to have been made for those of us who were, so I guess it doesn't matter. Star power for the movie is provided by 80s Brat Packer Judd Nelson and The Office's Brian Baumgartner, Kevin. 
uh, whose name I know how to spell without looking it up. Nelson plays a pastor who lets the man play at his church and stay at his house only to have his oldest daughter stow away on their Joy Explosion tour bus. Baumgartner plays the man's tour manager, a slick CCM, which stands for Contemporary Christian Music, industry wannabe with a past checkered with drinking and stiffing people for money. The band is part Striper knockoff, complete with almost Weird Al-esque parodies of Striper songs like Commandos for Christ, clearly referencing soldiers under command. And Barabbas, which doesn't exactly have a Striper analog, is probably uh, referencing another act. I'll I'll tune into the Christian Geek Classic Rockcast, where I heard about the movie, for their interview with the movie's writer and several of the cast. Um, But it's also kind of a, almost... Almost a uh, spinal tap for Christians, okay? I would recommend this movie, as it strays from the typical Christian movie formula by including realistic language and situations, as Christian bands themselves did, but it doesn't go overboard into gratuitous sex or blasphemy. It's not for young kids, but it's quite tame compared to pretty much everything uh, out there these days. I liked it because it treated the subject with love and respect, while showing the flaws we all knew were there or saw firsthand ourselves. If nothing else, it shows how, although they didn't make Jesus famous, which is a running gag throughout the movie, the uh, the main character, the sound guy, keeps talking about, he's, hey, I'm doing this to make Jesus famous. You know? um, Striper and Christian Rock are touchstones of modern American culture. I mean... Kevin from The Office, unironically lip-syncing to Hell with the Devil, has to be one of the most surreal movie moments in cinematic history. All right, and with that, let's get to our song notes. Century City, track 5 from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers' third studio album, Damn the Torpedoes, 1979. Not released as a single, but the album would produce four, with two reaching the top 15. The song's title is a reference to the L.A. area town of Century City, where meetings with lawyers and record execs would occur. Petty's recording contract was assigned to MCA, where his distributor, ABC Records, was sold to MCA in 1979. Petty contended that his contract could not be assigned to another record company without his permission and was therefore voided. MCA responded by suing Petty for breach of contract, which prompted him to declare bankruptcy as a tactic to avoid his contract with MCA. The matter was settled with Petty signing a new recording contract with Backstreet Records and MCA's subsidiary label. Well, I woke up Sunday morning with no way to hold my head that didn't hurt. And the beer I had for breakfast wasn't bad, so I had one. Sunday morning coming down, written by Chris Christofferson, recorded in 1969 by Ray Stevens before becoming a number one hit on the Billboard U.S. country chart for Johnny Cash. In a 2013 interview, Christopherson said the song opened up a whole lot of doors for me. So many people that I admired, admired it. 
Actually, it was a song that allowed me to quit working for a living. Cash taped his performance live at the Ryman Auditorium during the Johnny Cash show as part of his Ride This Train segment, with filmed background visuals showing a down-and-out wanderer roaming around the public square area of Shelbyville, Tennessee. According to Christopherson, network executives ordered Cash to change the line, I'm wishing Lord that I was stoned when he performed the song on his TV show, but he refused to comply. Then I walked across the street and caught the Sunday smell of someone's frying chicken. Strangiato. Fourth and final track from Rush's 1978 album Hemispheres, subtitled An Exercise in Self-Indulgence. The song is 9 minutes and 37 seconds long and Rush's first entirely instrumental piece. The multi-part piece was inspired by a dream Alex, guitarist Alex Lifeson had and the music in the 12 sections correspond to the occurrences in his dream. The opening segment was played on a nylon string classical guitar. The next segment introduces the main theme of La Via, the Strangiato theme. The song progresses to include an increasingly complex guitar solo backed by a string synthesizer, followed closely by bass and drum fills. The Strangiato theme is then revi- revisited before the song ends abruptly with phased bass and drums. The song changes during, song changes during live performances Getty Lee would even add lyrics singing a nursery rhyme over the seventh section, Danforth and Pape. found what I'm looking for, the second track from U2's 1987 album, The Joshua Tree. The album's second single and the second consecutive number one hit from The Joshua Tree. The song originated from a demo the band recorded on which drummer Larry Mullen Jr. played a unique rhythm pattern. Like much of The Joshua Tree, the song was inspired by the group's interest in American music. I still haven't found what I'm looking for exhibits influences from gospel music and its lyrics describe spiritual yearning. Bono sings in high register and The Edge plays a chiming appreggio. Adding to the gospel qualities of the song, the choir-like backing vocals provided by The Edge and producers Brian Eno and Daniel Lanois. The accompanying music video for the song was filmed on Fremont Street in Las Vegas, April 1987, following their Joshua Tree tour concert there. It features the band members wandering around while The Edge plays an acoustic guitar. Pat Christensen, president of Las Vegas' official event organization, credits the group's video with improving the city's image among musicians. The whole perception of Vegas changed with that video, Christensen said, adding, 
Now all the big names come here, some of them five, six times a year. The song about spiritual yearning was good for Sin City. Just what I needed from the Cars' self-titled debut album, 1978. A song which first achieved radio success as a demo took inspiration from the Ohio Express and the Velvet Underground. The song is sung by bass player Benjamin Orr and was written by Rick Ocasek. Released as the band's first single in 1978, it reached number 27. Like several other tracks on the Cars, Just What I Needed originated as a demo tape recorded by the band in 1977. Ocasek had originally written the song in the basement of the commune he lived in at the time. Car's keyboardist Greg Hawks recalled the first time he heard the song in an interview saying, I remember hearing just what I needed thinking, wow, that's pretty cool. It's got something sort of unique about it. It's like nice and concise and fairly short pop song format. So I still remember hearing that for the first time. All right, that will do it for song notes. And, well, we might as well go ahead and move to the classiest part of the show. Lyrics and literature. Okay. All right, so for this... Oh, Vivaldi, bro. Bro, Vivaldi, yeah. Okay, so I pulled out from um, Century City. Uh, Sometimes I get discouraged. Sometimes I feel so down. Sometimes I get so worried, but I don't know what about. But it works out in the long run, always goes away, and I've come now to accept it as a reoccurring phase. That one put me in mind of one J.R.R. Tolkien, in his Lord of the Rings series. And this is from our friend Samwise Gamgee saying in his famous buck up little camper speech, but in the end, it's only a passing thing. This shadow, even darkness must pass. That's right. And for uh, Sunday morning coming down, I pulled out in the park. I saw a daddy with a laughing little girl who he was swinging. And stopped beside a Sunday school and listened to the song that they were singing. Then I headed back for home and somewhere far away a lonely bell was ringing. And it echoed through the canyons like the disappearing dreams of yesterday. That one made me think of Larry McMurtry, The Last Picture Show. If you're not familiar with Larry McMurtry, um, he wrote some pretty amazing novels and... Uh, screenplays and my favorite being obviously Lonesome Dove and uh, both the the book and the movie Um, and he did several sequels which were awesome as well but this one's from the last picture show which I believe was his his first screenplay that is either that or HUD I forget Um, but 
And last preacher show it reads, you have to remember that I've been lonely for a long time. Loneliness is like ice. After you've been lonely long enough, you don't realize you're cold, but you are. I don't know. Maybe at the center of me, there's some ice that will never melt. Maybe it's just been there too long, but you mustn't worry. You didn't put it there. And then for La Via Strangiato, which does not have any lyrics except when Getty Lee is chanting nursery rhymes. Um, but if you look at the 12 sections, uh, at least one of them, one of them is definitely a literary reference. The other ones I kind of looked into and I did, you know, the, the um, uh, what's the, something in paint, I forget what the, it, it's a ref, one of the sections is a reference to, uh, uh, let me find it. Danforth and Pape. That's a reference to a uh, very busy intersection in Toronto. But this is definitely a literary reference. There's one of the sections is titled um, "To Dream to Sleep, Perchance to Dream," and that's taken from Hamlet Act Three, Scene One by one Bill Shakespeare. To be or not to be, that is the question. Whether it is noble in the mind, nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against a sea of troubles, and by opposing in them, to die, to sleep, no more, and by a sleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to. Tis a consummation devoutly to be wished, to die, to sleep. To sleep, perchance to dream. Aye, there's the rub. For in that sleep of death, what dreams may come, when we have shuffled off this mortal coil, must give us pause. And then for, I still don't, haven't found what I'm looking for, I pulled out, I believe in kingdom come. Then all the colors will bleed into one. Bleed into one, but yes, I'm still running. Uh, this puts me in mind not only of the Lord's Prayer, obviously the Kingdom Come part, but also Galatians 3, 23 through 29. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female. For you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to, to, to promise. And then for just what I needed, I pulled out the uh, chorus on this one. I guess you're just what I needed. Just what I needed. I needed someone to feed. I guess you're just what I needed. Just what I needed. I needed someone to bleed. Okay, now this one's a little weird, but it put me in mind of one of my favorite authors from when I was a kid. Um, my teacher, fourth grade, third grade teacher, had just read to us uh, where the red fern grows. If you're familiar with that, it's a dog story, okay? And, uh, you know, when you're a little kid, that that really affects you that that story does and uh i i checked it out from the library and read it on my own and then i had to give it back and i was upset about that and i my parents took me to the local bookstore at the mall to see if i'd get my own copy of it because i was gonna just spend the rest of my life basically just reading it that was my plan 
and they didn't have it. But I saw a book with a collie on the cover, a collie dog. And since we had a Sheltie, which is kind of like a miniature collie, um, and it was called Lad a Dog, and I'm staring at it right now as we speak, um, with the cover ripped off of it because the book is well over, what, 45 years old. Um, I bought it because that's, you know, I, I, you know, I looked on the back cover and I looked through the table of comp contents and it looked interesting. And when I got home, I started reading it and I kept reading it and read it and read it. And I read it over and over again, probably, I don't know how many dozens of times I read the whole thing. Um, and then, then the book, I kept going back to the bookstore to see if they had any more. And finally they had another, it's basically a collection of, of stories about a dog named Lad. And I didn't know this until later, a couple, few years ago, actually, I read another uh, collection of stories where he, where the, the author, his name is Albert Payson Terhune, and the stories were written around, you know, the World War One era, uh, so they're really old, but it, you know, it helped me with my vocabulary, <laughs> I can tell you that, um, but I, I, I finally found a, a collection of stories that included the story of when he first got the dog. And the background was he um, he didn't want a collie. He wanted a pit bull or a, you know some. There were a bunch of uh, um, there were a bunch of burglaries in the area. You know he lived on they lived on this big you know estate or whatever you want to call it farm. Um, and uh, but you know it was people were you know tramping around and breaking into houses and stuff like that. And uh, and he wanted a good you know guard dog kind of thing and so this the crate shows up with this puppy and you know it's a you know not a not a puppy puppy but kind of like an adolescent you know kind of in between puppy and grown dog that kind of thing um and he wasn't too impressed until he started observing the dog and the more he observed the more he realized okay this there's something about this this animal that's special and he and he says in that in that particular story here one day he would stand a giant among dogs powerful as a timber wolf lithe as a cat as dangerous to foes as an angry tiger a dog without fear or treachery a dog of uncanny brain and great lovingly loyal heart and withal a dancing sense of fun a dog with a soul and that just what i needed okay that's that's the way i I took that when I, I was thinking about that song, that lyric, and I was like, that's just like, you know, the way Albert Pace and Terry Hume put, you know, getting this dog. He, he wasn't something I wanted, but he turned out to be just what I needed. So I know they weren't writing about a dog, okay, but he had to feed the dog. It says I needed someone to feed, boom, and I needed someone to bleed. Lad got into some, I mean, Lad got into some serious scrapes, okay? I mean, it was it was pretty horrifying, actually, as a little kid to read some of these stories that the stuff this dog went through, okay? But it, it kind of mirrored what our own dog went through, you know? Our, our, our little Shetland Sheepdog was attacked by a pack of German Shepherds one time. It, uh, I mean, it got heartworms. It, it ran underneath a lawnmower and got its leg chopped off. And, you know, I mean... <laughs> My friends in California, when we moved out here, all this stuff had already happened to her. You know, they called her lucky. You know, so um, anyway, I needed someone to bleed. 
Okay, now it is t okay, Vivaldi. You've you've strung yourself out enough. Let's uh, let's go ahead and put an end to the classic part of the show, and let's get on to our Council of Learned Elders reviews. We are going to uh, start with Emo Sean, and we're going to let Artillo Black Bat clean up this time. Take it away, Helium Boy. Top 1000 radio listeners all over the globe. This is Emo Sean coming at you speaking in a way that you can't understand. And children and dogs listen intensely. This list is mostly sub super superb. Let us let the list speak. Number five. La Via Strangiato. Strangiato. Who knows? Oh my goodness. Emo Sean has not heard this in a quick decade. He generally listens to moving pictures or permanent waves. This song gets a 5++. plus plus. Emo Sean could spend the whole show just talking about Russia's supreme masterpiece. It's a, it's got Latin, robotic scent, 1936 powerhouse by Raymond Scott, some Latin, Emo Sean has received some well-rounded schooling. Number four, Just What I Needed, Ben Orr. Great Cars tune. Emo Sean peeped it on the list and knew it was his five. Then Rush slayed. Still, Emo Sean cranks this and a partay ensues. Emo Sean's daddy calls this the chicken song. Emo Sean Sr. said it sounds like a chicken. Number three, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. This list is pummeling Emo Sean, hit after hit. Emo Sean is feeling a bit woozy. Emo Sean had the privilege of seeing you two at the LA Coliseum for the Joshua Tree Tour. It was an amazing show. The band was so small, it was difficult to make them out on stage. Emo Sean's seat was as close to heaven as you can get in the Coliseum. Number two, Sunday morning coming down, the man in black weaved this one of many tales. It made Emo Sean a bit emo. Johnny Cash had a gift of getting to the truth of all emos faux show. Number one, Century City, poor Century City. It got buried by an avalanche. Washed up away in a flood of superior tunes. Emo Sean saw Tom Petty using his Rickenbacker as a paddle as he floated down Santa Monica Boulevard toward the Pacific. Bye-bye, Tom. Bon voyage. And Emo Sean has completed his task. Later. Good evening, Artillo's Picks, or episode 42. This list was another who's on first. It was a first-rate struggle. Everything was getting flipped around. Century City by Tom Petty ended up at 1, which was probably unfair, but we've already established that this show ain't about fairness. I think we might not find out what all this show is actually about, I mean, in the cosmic sense, until the next phase. But at 5, 
La Via Strangiato, Rush. This song is life, the universe, and everything. I feel like it is a crime not to break this whole song down for you. But I had some sleep to get. I'll just say, listen to it. The, the whole thing, or you're going to be missing something. A lot of things. But here's just one. When the guitar starts talking, I mean, actually speaking, that's a conversation you don't want to miss. And now, what is this musical quote? I'm going to talk about a time traveler in 1942. In 1942, a guy named Raymond Scott, who wasn't originally named Raymond Scott, quit playing keyboards for a while so he could focus on more composition, conducting, running the music business, inventing all kind of stuff, and otherwise orchestrating life. Wiki says that in the 1960s, he became isolated and secretive about his inventions. This guy invented a thousand things that he should not have had any business knowing about. They were so far ahead of their time. There's no way this guy wasn't a time traveler. He was big on musical quotation, incorporating pieces of other music into his own works. He quoted Mozart, who I'm going to say he probably knew personally. He liked to write by recording and splicing, and loved to mix things together into unexpected combinations using all kinds of stuff he encountered. I feel like Rush really kind of created in that same spirit here. I think they quoted Raymond Scott in more ways than one. Rush made a 12-movement piece, all made of what sounds like different conversations, and they played it as an encore in front of a wall of clocks on their Time Machine tour. Who knows? Maybe Rush, Scott, and Mozart all had tea together in 1788. At four, Just What I Needed by the Cars. This, this was my five. How did this happen? Is it really possible? This is the song I was wishing for when the Cars came into this list three episodes ago. I love Drive, but this is, you know, just what I needed. And at three, I still haven't found what I'm looking for by U2. Just covered this song recently. All, always a favorite. And I think always better live. This song is optimized for the arena. And that changes my ranking. And I will admit, I needed that to happen for this battle. It was just way too tough a lineup. And I had to ask for an extension from the editor. And then everything just ended up getting even longer. <clears throat> and um, sorry folks, but we're about to go on a drive because I skipped that song when it came around. That too for me is Sunday Morning Coming Down as performed by Johnny Cash. This song, man, I, I don't like listening to it, but it is one of the most profound songs I've ever heard. I'll get back to that part in a minute. One thing that detracts from this for me is that there's so much space in between the thoughts and ideas. There's so much space between the lines, time and space, I mean, long pauses between the lyrics that I keep forgetting the beginning of the sentence and I have to keep going back to put it all together. It totally makes sense to the songwriting. I think it's accurate to how a day like that 
feels and the pace that it takes walking down the street aimless and afflicted. That train stops so many times you can't remember what line you're on anymore. But after looking up and revisiting the words at a faster pace, I was confronted by the sheer profundity of it. There's something about a Sunday. Truth. This man speaks truth. Because there's something in a Sunday that makes a body feel alone. And there's nothing short of dying that's half as lonesome as the sound of the sleeping city sidewalk and Sunday morning coming down. When we recently covered Ultraviolet, U2, I connected it to Red Hot Chili Peppers Under the Bridge. Somewhere between that and Welcome to the Jungle, there was something mentioned in a quote from Kerouac about Los Angeles. And it kind of talked about one of the aspects of what Kerouac said and what the word brutal might mean in the city. But in the phrase loneliest and most brutal, the loneliest part, he contrasted it with some sort of comradeship of New York, which I have no reference for at all, except for the pictures painted by Spider-Man. But it's funny to me because Under the Bridge talks so much about that loneliness and wove it so tightly into the setting of the city of L.A. In it, the city is his companion, but the picture is of an empty city with all other people faded out of it. The city itself was loneliness. The line, I don't ever want to feel like I did that day. I think it speaks directly of the loneliness Kerouac was referring to and the brutality of an isolation experienced by each individual, though they may be surrounded by a mass of others. Under the bridge, Sunday morning coming down, these songs deal with drug and alcohol addiction. They also deal with the idea of an unquenchable isolation, regardless of one's surroundings, or maybe because of them. I think isolation drives you somewhere. What happens on a Sunday? In the picture we get with Sunday morning coming down, contrast. I have found this to be particularly true on an Easter Sunday when I was living alone just outside a big city. And even though I went to the church that morning that I had already started attending, I had nowhere to go after. A couple there invited me, along with a good number of other people, to come over to their house afterward. They didn't have much family over. I don't know if they had any in the area or any at all. Contrast makes things clearer. Isolation can drive you a lot of places, and it can be a long drive. Sometimes you're going in the wrong direction. But sometimes you're just not where you need to get to yet. And sometimes people in the physical, tangible world get to be part of the receiving line. You, Artillo and Emo Sean. Yeah, I, I had tickets for that same show Emo Sean was talking about, you two. And I came down with pneumonia, and my mother wouldn't let me go. And I'm like, Mother, I am almost a grown man. I think I was 17. If I want to risk my life, you know, and 
She's like, nah, and I was too weak from lack of oxygen to put up a fight. So, But that was, yeah, that was a disappointment. Um, and, wow, Artillo getting a little deep on us. Oh, boy, got a little deep. Um, but uh, I would, you know, I would go more into the deep stuff about Sunday morning coming down. You know, Chris Christopherson is a interesting guy. I want. I just got to put this up. I am waiting for Randy Jenner to drop off the next list, okay? And he's he's late. I have one employee, and that one employee has one job, okay? And I don't know what happened to him when he became a real boy. You know, he was just a random number generator, and then I went to see the Blue Fairy. Is there anything you do about making him a real boy? She said, sure, go ahead. You know, his name's Randy Jenner now. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm not like I need another kid, you know, I don't really need one, but, uh, you know, he's not a kid either. He's a grown man and he's, he's surly. He locks himself in the snack cabinet and I don't know what he does in there. And he's supposed to be making lists and he hasn't come out and give me the list yet. So we're waiting on that. But anyway, yeah, just, you know, Chris Christopherson is really interesting because he was a, you know, he was just kind of a blue collar worker. And uh, he was flying helicopters. You know, that was one of his one of his jobs. I think he learned to fly helicopters in the in the army, um, and and served in Vietnam and all that. And he actually flew his helicopter and landed, I believe it was on Johnny Cash's property, and and walked walked a song right up to the door. You know, and, and it may have been that song right there. I, I can't. You know, it's been a while since I saw the or read or whatever wherever I got the information, but that's. The, a helicopter was involved somehow in getting his songwriting career off the off the ground, pun intended, and um, and you know you know he he went on to write you know some pretty big hits and uh, had a had a career of his own musically and then had obviously a pretty big movie career um, that that uh, role that he played in in a star is born with Barbara Streisand, the, the first remake, I think it was the first remake, might've been the second. I don't know. But, um, that was supposed to be Elvis, <laughs> you know? And I, uh, I always, you know, one of those, what ifs, what if Elvis had, had, you know, it, the, the Colonel wouldn't let him take it. Cause it, it, uh, he wouldn't, have, he would not have gotten top billing, billing because of Barbara Streisand's people. Um, so if the Colonel had been just a little bit more flexible, Okay, with with that. But anyway, um, you know, and then there's also rumors that Elvis possibly could have gotten the part of Han Solo. I don't know how how true that is, but that would have been a trip. Hey, man, what's a space monkey doing? On, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Can I get some space peanut butter and banana sandwiches? All right. Anyway. Okay. Thank you. All right, Randy. Dude. You don't have you don't have to throw the thing at me. And second of all, you you do you roll your eyes again? I'm gonna roll your head on the floor. Okay, freaking guy, man. All right, uh, so let's do the polls now that I have the lists in my hand for next the next episode. Uh, the, this was a tight one. Okay, it was very tight. Why one point separating each each of the? But Judas Priest took it home with Electric Eye. That's gonna go on the list. Second place on that one was All the Love in the World. And in third place, Bruce Springsteen and the Eastern Band did get some votes this time. Um, so, but Electric Eye goes on the list. And let's go to through the Council of Learned Elders. This time we had Artillo and Emo Sean, our musical crossfitters. 
and then they're going to take a week off by the way okay i'm gonna i'm gonna give them a week off maybe even more for artillo actually i think emo sean's gonna gonna keep uh plugging away uh doing the murph as they call it in crossfit um <laughs> till he gets you know visited by uncle by pukey the clown or uncle rabdo i uh, looked that up it's gross um we had joel and coach josh and McNatt helping us out this time all right and so the council of learned elders came in uh their winner was just what i needed second place was i still haven't found what i'm looking for and then la via strangiata then uh Sunday morning coming down, and finally Center City. The sensatorial layman and women tied for just what I need, tied with just what I needed in La Via Strangiata. And then uh, Sunday morning came down, got a couple from them, and Center City got nothing. I still haven't found what I'm looking for, got the obligatory five because it wasn't included because Instagram is stupid. And then that means that the total winner was just what I needed. Follow the whole Coastal Congress vote, uh, just what I needed. Then uh, still haven't found what I'm looking for. We is trying out a Sunday morning come down Central City. All right, here's how I came down with my verdict. Okay, I'm going to give just what I needed by the cars a five because it is both a chill and a hype song. Okay, do you understand how rare that is? For a song, you can use it just to chill and just hang out. Oh, this is cool. And then also you can get into the rack, put three, four hundred pounds on your back, and that that opening okay, and then you you anticipate it. You you hear the and then you anticipate the double hit. And then you hear then you anticipate the you know the 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 drum main drum beat coming in okay um and that gets me hyped okay i was i was in the rack yesterday and i was listening to that and and i was getting pumped up i didn't want to i didn't want to do any more sets and um that got me going and i'm like yeah i'm gonna do my sets because of the cars okay uh i still haven't found what i'm looking for is gonna be my four that's that's one of the I think objectively one of the best <laughs> U2 songs out there. Uh, it it um, it has a message that I think everyone can can relate to. If you are a person of faith, uh, you are always struggling with your faith. Okay, that's that's part of it. That's the Bible is very uh, clear about working your salvation out with fear and trembling. You're always uh, because you're you're you know you're worn with the flesh and and that's kind of what that's about all right and then musically it's it's you know that again that drum pattern that larry mullen jr came up with um didn't actually make it onto the record but you could kind of you know you can kind of hear its ghost a little bit you know it's a it's a very unique song you know just like a lot of their stuff when you don't really know how to play in a conventional way um that opens doors to creativity which i think is kind of uh the the secret to their success is that they they didn't learn how to play like other bands did and they uh um you know that made them unique and i think that's kind of what made metallica unique early on too was that they uh 
um, they they didn't follow the same pattern of learning how to play music the way other other bands did. Uh, so anyway, La Via Strangiato gets the uh, gets the three in, on, on another list that could have easily been a five. Easily, <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely uh, one of the few instrumentals, progressive instrumentals that that I can access with my brain. Um, that's again, the genius of rush is they, they do progressive rock in a way that, uh, dummies and dolts like myself can, can understand. And, uh, that's just, uh, you know, I mean, Alex Lifeson is, is the most underrated guitar in rock. He, he really is. It's just, it, you know, he's not just a, an edge like, uh, you know, um, he doesn't create soundscapes, you know, with effects. And the dude, the dude shreds. Okay, the the fretboard is completely under his control. He can do whatever he wants with it. All right, there's not there's there's very few guitarists like him out there. Okay, Yngwie Malmsteen, Steve Vai, you know, maybe I would throw Michael Sweet in there probably, um, and maybe Oz Fox. Uh, George Lynch, uh, you know, I'm going to run uh, Joe Satriani, you know. They're, you could probably count them on, on you know, both hands, the, the kind of guitarist that that Alex Lifeson is up there with, okay? He's up there. And then Sunday Morning Coming Down, a, a, another song that could easily be a five on another list. Um, it gets a two. It's, but that, <laughs> that does, it's, it's a great song because, that is a unbelievably profound um, lyric, you know the the lyrics throughout that and the, the the thought behind it and the the experience that went into writing it. Okay, uh, you know when Chris Christopherson got rich and you know <laughs> had his money to console him, I'm sure um, you know he wasn't quite as uh, melancholy on a Sunday. But you know there's a reason why why loneliness hits you hardest on a Sunday, okay? It's because that's a day that our culture has put aside for family and worship. And if you're by yourself and you're not, you're not part of that, um, it, it hits you with, with force, okay? And there's a lot, of, a lot of people out there that don't quite understand that. They don't quite get it and know why it's happening to them. Like, it's Sunday. I should be having fun, you know. Um, but I'm just, you know, feeling really, especially lonely today. Why, you know, that kind of thing. And that's why it's because, you know, that's the day our culture set aside for family and faith. And if if you're not connected to either one, um, you know, it's going to hit you pretty hard. All right. Okay. Enough of that. And that leaves us with our 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 last place song, Century City. I'm going to keep it on the list, okay, in celebration of our 200th song being ranked. That is our 200th song. Actually, I guess uh, technically just what I needed is the 200th song because it, it was the last on the list that Randy Jenner uh, gave to me last time. Um, and so we're going to keep it on the list. And also something weird happened with the Eagles purge. 
some the you know the song yeah i can't i can't really explain it it's just something weird is going on uh but we're gonna find a way to keep century city on the list we're not kicking it off uh we won't have to do a kick from the curb uh pole to get it back on it's just gonna stay on there okay uh we will replace something else with it i have my ways i i you know uh, randy jenner thinks he he knows everything he's barely a couple what maybe a week old that guy is um he thinks he knows everything but i i know my list better than he does okay and so here comes the uh the next this is the list randy gave me just a minute ago uh the challenger poll this is a good one i'm gonna and i'm making um spotify playlists little short spotify playlists if you haven't already uh, gotten that um i've been doing the the five song song battle make it a playlist follow me on spotify um not just the um not just the uh the show top 1000 radio but you can follow me chris naren on spotify and you can get access to these these uh these playlists and that way you don't have to look them up if you want to look them up and rank them yourself or just you know listen to them ahead of time that kind of thing um you can follow me on spotify and you can get you should be able to get access to uh, that playlist. So you could, you could probably search the uh, top 1,000 song battle on Spotify and it'll come up because I made them public. All right, and I'm doing the same thing with the Challengers Poll too. So it's a shorter, like, three-song playlist. You can do that. Just look up Challengers Poll. Um, so our next Challengers Poll is going to be Firehouse, Don't Treat Me Bad. Um, their, their former bass player is now the current bass player for Striper, so they have a lot in common uh suicidal tendencies got back on here they've already made it onto the list once with uh with uh institutionalized and this time we're going to go with hippie killer okay if you haven't heard that song like i said i'm going to make a list it'll be on there uh or look it up whichever and then tesla's back they've made it on with love song and this time we're going to go with the way it is all right so there you go all right so the next the next song battle, uh, we're not letting up, okay? Uh, Artillo uh, would have had had a time with this one, too. Um, it's going to be Wrote a Song for Everyone, Creedence Clearwater Revival, TVC15, David Bowie, Don't Be Afraid, Boston, Don't Tread on Me, Metallica, that's for you, Quinn, over in Volume for All. I know he loves that song. Absolutely loves it. And then finally, tie your mother down by Queen. So this is kind of a kind of a mini monster list. Okay, it's going to be interesting to see what everybody does. Okay, this is going to be our last uh, Reckless Ways song. This one is called "I'll Never Walk Away." Take it away, and my mind is clean. <laughs> i 